Hello, this is Catherine, as I know I need to stop talking. Hello, my lovelies. I'm sorry I haven't been around. It's mental, isn't it? Life is mental, and it shows you how fucking little we were able to do for ages and ages. But yeah, it's bonkers. I'm, I was kind of sitting down, and it's Sunday, you know, Ocado's been and gone. Ocado has been and gone. It's Sunday, and I thought I must sit down and try and record this in between madness, because I'm not going to be here next weekend. Next weekend is... Do you know, you know, sometimes, like, everything collides, and it's mental all in one weekend. Next weekend is, like, peak madness so I've got crazy week at work kids have got exams more on which shortly then on Friday night Beth's got some end of season celebrations with one of her football teams then on the Saturday I'm speaking at an event which if you are in the West Sussex area have a look on the Facebook page it tells you about that I'm speaking at an event if you'd like to come along it would be lovely 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 to see you there so speaking of that then it's the cup final, which thank goodness is a slightly later kickoff than I thought, or else I'd be doing that really, really unprofessional thing of sitting there in an event speaking, asking somebody to give me live score updates to see if my beloved Liverpool can topple Beth's beloved Chelsea. Always going to be a tense weekend in our household next weekend. Then it's, well, then it's Eurovision. We're a huge fan of the Eurovision Song Contest, but we're actually also seeing Friends on the Saturday night. And then we've got a load of stuff going on on Sunday, which is probably another podcast all in itself. So yeah, it's mental. But anyway, here I am on Sunday morning with Ocado having delivered last night, all present and correct. So no need to discuss the folding of Ocado bags into samosas, which no, I still have not done. I am very tired. If I sound a bit, oh, I sound a bit, sound a bit croaky, it's not fucking surprising. Let me tell you about my night last night. And in case you're thinking, oh, it's going to be some glamorous tale of parties and staying up late. No, no, it is not. No, it has nothing to do with parties or staying up late. So last night I went to sleep in Beth's bedroom with Beth. Beth's got a double bed. The reason for that is that Mr. I know I need to stop talking and Jamie were getting up very early this morning to go and play a round of golf. And I thought, stupidly, as it turns out, I'll get a better night's sleep if I go and sleep in Beth's room. Ha 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 ha. How the fates fucking laughed. So going to bed with Beth, sometimes sharing a bed with Beth is a little bit like being in a wrestling match all night because, and any of you who have children who do sport will probably know this because her legs are so strong from all of the football, it can sometimes feel like a bit of a wrestling match or like I'm in the cup final and she's trying to tackle me for the ball, which is slightly terrifying. But that was fine. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like that at all. She was she was very good. She stayed on her side of the bed. And I'm thinking, brilliant, I'm going to get a lovely night's sleep. Ha, 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 ha. Anyway, middle of the night, I wake up. Now, something you should know about our setup is we all sleep at night with our windows open because fresh air is nice and good for you. And also because our two fucking idiot cats, ASAP and Brexit, not Sandwich, she's a good girl, they have learnt to scale the side of the house and demand to come in through the windows. And if you don't let them in through the windows, they will just stand on the windowsill wowling, which I'm sure is not what any of our neighbours would want. So we have our windows open at night because, you know, sometimes you just have to accept this is a battle you are not going to win. So went to sleep, windows open. Middle of the night, woke up and heard a noise and wasn't unduly alarmed because the cats, as I say, do jump in and out of of the windows sort of over the course of the night. Got up to have a wee, came back in the bedroom, Beth was asleep. And I was like, what is that noise? That's really weird. So I thought, I better just check this out. Responsible adult turned on the bedroom light. Yes, good, brilliant. The cats have brought two live mice into Beth's bedroom, which they are now chasing around in the process of killing. And usually I would genuinely try and do the right thing and I would try and rescue the mice and save their little lives. But come on, it's half past two in the morning. I'm fucking half asleep. And I'll be honest, these mice look pretty close to expiration anyway. 
So I got back into bed and thought, I'll just let them do their thing and, you know, hurry up. Don't don't dick around with them too long. Anyway, the good news is, well, not good if you're the mice, I suppose. <laughs> the good news is the mice died quite quickly, which I guess is, is less cruel. I mean, obviously it would be better if they weren't dead at all. And yes, cats are dicks. But anyway, the mice died quite quickly. No more squeaking. I was like, okay, cool, fine. So now I can go to sleep. No, then, then the cats decide that they're now going to start having their meal. And I don't know if you've ever seen any of the TV or film depictions of Henry VIII kind of where he's got some chicken leg and he's like tearing strips of flesh off it with a kind of like kind of noise that was quite good actually that was pretty much exactly the noise that was emanating from the end of the bed last night as Brexit and ASAP tucked into their mouse meals like literally ripping of flesh and crunching of bones and mm, I hope I'm enjoying God I feel I always feel bad when I talk about things like this because I know there's one lady who likes to listen to the podcast over her Sunday dinner I'm so sorry if you're eating your Sunday dinner and I've just told you about mouse murders in the bedroom last night but yeah so they chewed on and I thought well at least mice are mice are small and cats eat quickly so soon this hell will be over because I thought there's no way I'm gonna go and intervene now or I'll have half eaten mice on my hands then where will we be anyway finally silence at last close my eyes go back to sleep about I'm gonna say it didn't feel like I'd had a full sleep cycle so let's go 30 minutes but maybe it was slightly more or slightly less I'm woken to the sound of tremendous retching, like proper, I, and I'm not going to do the noise because I'm thinking of my lady having a Sunday lunch and I, I feel like I've already grossed you all out enough, but proper full on heaving and then the sound of a splatter of vomit, sorry you are probably still eating your lunch, that's not probably any less gross is it, good, excellent, landing on, on, the, on the bedroom floor and I'm like, oh you are having a laugh, you are having a laugh, but again I was in one of those states where I was like, I am now too tired to even think about exploring this it's just it's one of those things where you know it's going to be awful and dreadful but you feel like it will be so much more manageable when you've just had a bit more sleep so again shut my eyes went back to sleep about an hour later i'm woken up again by both cats sitting just above my head on the on the windowsill complaining that it's time for breakfast you've had your fucking breakfast and you've puked it up fuck off fuck off fuck off is what I wanted to say but obviously didn't so I just sat there tried to put a pillow on my head about half an hour later the house starts to burst into light as Mr and I need to stop talking and Jamie start getting up for their very 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 early morning golf game I'm like oh my goodness but I'm thinking it's okay in a minute they're gonna get up they're gonna get up and they're gonna go to golf and then Beth and I can have a lovely sleep and it's all gonna be lovely they leave the house they go and get into the car outside Beth wakes up Beth wakes up. Beth's wide awake. She's as wide awake as she's ever been. She goes and grabs her iPad. I've got some hell of like the Norris nuts or something bursting out next to her. I'm like, oh my goodness, you're having a laugh. So slightly furiously wrap myself in my duvet and my pillows, return to my own vacated bedroom thing. Oh, at last, at last, I can go back to sleep. I can get some rest. This is going to be absolutely lovely. At that point, Sandwich, who's usually the goodest girl, sitting downstairs, probably wondering what the fuck is going on in the house this early on a Sunday morning, rightly so, bursts into this kind of wow 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 noise which she started doing since she's got old i don't know fucking why she's probably just dazed and confused i'm sure my neighbors must fucking love it i'm like oh my goodness me and then at that point just when i'm thinking okay i just i, I don't even know where to go with this beth marches in and goes it's absolutely disgusting in my bedroom drags me in and yes it is because the cats have fucking vomited regurgitated mouse all over the room which i'm then there at seven in the morning on a sunday on my hands and knees cleaning up 
Fuck my life. Don't you just love a relaxing Sunday morning, said no parent or cat owner ever. Fucking hell. Oh my goodness me. So yeah, if I sound a bit croaky, I think it's well deserved after that fucking cat. And then when I got back into bed, I gave up and I was like, right, I'm going to I'm gonna write a blog post. So I got into bed, pulled the duvet up, got my, got my phone to write my blog post. And then ASAP, who is the naughtiest, but she knows she's also my favourite because she's so funny and she's so clever cats never usually apologize for behavior ever because they're like fuck you i am a cat i shall do what i want to she's clever enough that i think she realized that she had been badly behaved over the course of the night so she she came onto my bed and she sort of crawled up my stomach and usually i'll, I'll give her a, a stroke but i was still quite cross so she did this thing where she gets her paw and she just kind of like very gently tapped me in a very apologetic way almost like she's stroking me as if to say yeah, we probably crossed a line last night, didn't didn't we? Yes, 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 you fucking did. Yes, you fucking did. Anyway, so if I sound a bit knackered, I am fucking cats. But the blog post I was writing was in reference of this week. So this week is exam week in our household. That sounds like I'm making us take household exams. I'm not doing that, just to be really clear. I'm not that much of a dick, but it is indeed exam week. Although, if you ask Jamie, I'm not sure that Jamie would be able to definitively tell you that, that it's exam week. He, 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 he lives a very relaxed, very relaxed approach to life. More on which, on which later. But yes, this week is SATS week and Jamie's also got his year nine exams this week. And the piece I wrote this morning was just on how fucking little sats matter because oh my goodness me I, I just our education system is almost as fucked as our nhs and i love both of those things and hold them dearly in so close to my heart but our politicians of successive governments have fucked them up almost beyond recognition what the fuck are we testing 10 and 11 year old kids for on whether or not they can identify a coordinating conjunction what the everlasting fuck I've said this before, I am a straight A student, I have two A's and eight A stars at GCSE, I basically just said that so I could get those GCSE results in because I've discovered since that GCSE results are fucking pointless, SATS results are fucking pointless, I could no more identify a coordinating conjunction than I would recognise that it walked up to me in the street and slapped me in the face and I like to think I've done alright in life and I just hate and no matter how much you know I think all of you who are teachers and TAs and school staff and you do such an amazing job of doing everything you can to take the pressure off these kids but they're not stupid they're not stupid they know that they're getting tested and it's so fucking wrong it's untrue I mean I am I'm good at exams I'm you know I'm genuinely good at exams with someone who comes quite naturally to I've got a reasonably photographic memory I always want to say photogenic memory I've got a, I've got such a beautifully photogenic memory but it's photographic so I am really lucky I'm the kind of student that exams are designed for and I still stressed over them out of all proportion because at that point in your life I think what like people at like the government fail to understand is at that point in your life when you've not got that many years of life experience, this is huge. This is a huge event in your life. And certainly with my GCSEs, I remember, I don't know, I remember feeling like it was like judgment day. The hours and hours of revision that I put in, completely unnecessarily, because I was a bright student, I was probably always going to do all right. But the hours that I put in, I mean, I was doing eight hour days of revision for months and months and months in the run up. And that's just madness. When it got to my A-levels and I had deliberately picked A-levels, which needed less revision because I think I was so burnt out by the experience of my GCSEs. So I did English, Lang and Lit combined, I did maths and I did performing arts. When it came to my A-levels though, I was so stressed about my A-levels. I didn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. I think I didn't sleep at all for two nights in a row and then I think I managed to grab like two hours the night after. I mean, I was like a zombie taking my A-levels. Absolute 
fucking zombie. Literally, I remember just sitting in one of my maths papers thinking, I'm so tired that like the words on the page are blurring. Like, what the fuck? Our education system is so fucked up. So the message to this is if you're, well, hopefully you're not a child listening to this who's taking sats this week because otherwise the language is very inappropriate and you would be much better off looking for fronted adverbials. But if you're, you know, if you've got exams coming up, if you're taking sats, teachers, school staff who are getting kids through sats, parents who are worrying about sats, or any other types of exams at all, in the grand scheme of things, they just don't matter. And I genuinely hope and pray that somebody with far better knowledge and understanding than me can come along at some point and reform our education system for the better. Or I really genuinely do fear about the mental health of our kids going, going for it. So, so fucked up. So fucked up. Anyway, that's my sats. Sats rant for the day. Oh, you can tell I'm tired, can't you? I'm very, very grumpy. Anyway, Beth, Beth as usual, is, is taking something of a, a laissez-faire approach to to just about everything. So um, for anybody concerned about how is Beth faring in the run-up to her sats, I think the best um, the best example of that can would probably be the, the post that I put onto the Facebook page last night, onto the blog, when she walked in to the living room and said, are you proud of me? And she asks me this quite a lot, and I said, I'm always proud of you. I said, why? And then she showed me an object, and it was a cucumber. She said, I've eaten all of the skin off it. Yes, yes, she had. She had a, a, a shaved cucumber, as she would describe it, minus all of its skin. Slow hand clap. Bravo for the girl with the shaved cucumber. Fucking hell. She had her last game of the season with the girls yesterday, and it was one of those brilliant mornings when the sun shines. Oh my God, I went to football and I could actually feel my own vagina. Praise the Lord. It was a defining experience. Of course, this is the point where the football season stops, just at the point where parents' blood temperature returns to to somewhere above zero. But um, it was a beautiful morning. They were playing at home. They were playing a really good team. Girls' football is, is always a bit difficult because you have such a wide variety of standards because there aren't enough girls in it. So in Beth's league, you've got some you know, Beth's team is, is certainly one of the best in there, but you've got some much weaker teams. And, and, I, and I hate it when Beth's team go and play a much weaker team because it's no good for Beth's team. They don't learn anything. And it must be horrible and really demotivating for those girls who are actually probably doing a brilliant job. They're just not evenly matched. So it was great to play a really good team. They're a team that have caused Beth's teams a few problems along the way this season. But they, to be fair, every girl on both teams played absolutely brilliantly and they finished, Beth's team finished with a 1-0 win, which was a lovely way to, to round out the system, round out the season. It's been quite interesting watching Beth develop as a player this season and she's she's done really well, she's come on loads. But one of the things she's never really had is much of a competitive streak. She just loves to play football for the love of playing football and she doesn't care if she wins 5-0 or loses 25-0. She's never cared. Now that's great in many ways, but when they start getting a bit more competitive, you do actually, it's quite hard as a parent because you do need to start to try and push them a little bit and go, be good if we, you know, tried and didn't just amble round the pitch aimlessly, which she has definitely been known to do chatting to her mate. But somewhere along the way this season, kind of, you know, something, something, a light bulb has switched on inside of it. So we were driving to the game yesterday and as I often do, I said to her, you know, make sure you play hard, play well for your team. I said, is there, you know, a, a kind of a, a reward that you're looking for, you know, an in, end of the season, end of the season reward, something that you want to aim for? And she looked at me like I was an idiot. And I said, what do you want to get after today's game? She looked at me, she went, I want to win. Okay, good. That'll be that competitive streak found then. Good. Excellent. Marvellous. My kids are getting weirdly keen on ironing. This is weird, right? You know, forget sats. I'm not worried about sats. I am fucking worried about their obsession with an iron and an ironing board. Now, let's be clear. When I was little growing up, my mum is like a champion ironer. If there is something you can iron, you can bet my mum will have ironed it. She irons sheets. She irons duvets. She irons socks. She irons pants. She even, when I was little, ironed my terry nappies. I know this to be a fact. So she loves an iron. 
And possibly because of that, because I was lucky enough to be get away with being utterly lazy and have her do all of my ironing for me. I've never ironed. I've never ironed. We have got an iron and we've got an ironing board, but it very, very rarely comes out to the point that I was remembering when Beth was about, she must have been about four, and like I say I very rarely iron, but I stupidly managed to buy some shirt or something which had to be ironed. You know, there, there are certain items of, of clothing that even I will acknowledge, okay, this does actually really need a good iron. And so I got out the iron and, and the ironing board and I think Mr. I need to stop talking and Jamie were, were upstairs and Beth was downstairs with me. And she said, what are you doing? And I said, you know, I'm getting this out to, to do the ironing. And she said, what's that? And I said, well, you can watch. So I got the shirt and I got the iron in the ironing board and I ironed the shirt. And obviously, and I said, look, see how all the, how all the creases and the wrinkles come out of it. She looked like literally gobsmacked and she went to the bottom of the stairs and she went, Jamie, daddy, come down here. Something amazing is happening. And I wish I had that, that amount of joy and euphoria in relation to ironing. Now, Jamie, to be fair, Jamie's quite a dab hand with an iron because, you know, I've basically educated my kids very early on. You want something ironing? There's the iron. There's the ironing board. Crack on. So there was a heartwarming moment, which I think I referenced on here at the time, where Beth, late on a Sunday night, said, oh, I need my skirt ironing. My teacher said it needs to be ironed. I need to have my, my skirt ironed. And I was like, oh, okay, I was tired. I was going to bed. Jamie said, it's all right, mum. I quite like ironing. I'll do it. And there he was, half past nine at night on a Sunday night, stood in the kitchen, ironing his little sister's uniform. That also probably gives you a glimpse into how typically disorganised my household is when it comes to preparation for Monday morning. I'm very much a lastminute.com kind of girl. I'll be like, okay, everybody got their uniform? Okay, we'll worry about it nearer the time. Saturday, Sunday, Sunday. Has everybody got the uniform? Monday morning, where's your uniform? I told you to find your uniform. I keep thinking that maybe I'll grow out of it, but I'm thinking Jamie's now in year nine. No, probably not. I think we are just a, a bit of a, a disorganised household. But yeah, I don't know where this ironing obsession has come from. Very worrying. I blame Sats. I blame Sats entirely. The other thing that I'm disturbed by this week is the fact that the sun has come out and therefore I venture back out in my garden and therefore I go, fuck gardening. Now I know probably lots of you are listening to this thinking, I love gardening and I cannot tell you how much I wish I was you. I wish with my whole heart, so hard, that I loved gardening. Again, back to my mum. My mum is an amazing gardener. Her mum was an amazing gardener. You might think that this would travel down the generations. It fucking hasn't. I hate gardening. I hate gardening for a few reasons. Firstly, because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I have no clue, and, and I'll be honest, I've never bothered to learn. Literally just yesterday, I had to WhatsApp my mum with something beautiful that I found in my garden and go, this is beautiful, but is it a flower or is it a weed? And she's very good at coming back to me. And apparently there are apps that tell you this thing now, that tell you whether something is a flower or weed, or even what kind of flower or weed it is. It's amazing. There was this beautiful flower growing all over my garden. And I was like, oh, that's so lovely. And my mum came down and put her head in her hands and went, your wild garlic is out of control. And I went, what wild garlic? She went, this, everywhere, these white flowers. I was like, oh, it looks pretty. She's like, it will grow over absolutely everything. And I can confirm, having battled wild garlic for a little while now, yes, yes, it fucking does, little, little fuckers. So I don't know what I'm doing. As soon as you get something looking nice, like literally as soon like the next day, it's starting to go wrong again. Like stuff that shouldn't be growing is growing or it's dying or it's going in the wrong direction. Like it's so fucking difficult. It's like, like at least with cleaning, you can keep people out of areas of your house and then it stays relatively clean. Gardening? It's out of fucking control. It's like fucking shaving your legs. As soon as you turn your back, there's another patch has sprung up. It is, it is the equivalent of body hair in your middle, in your middle age. I was going to say body hair in the middle ages. That's something different entirely, I think. So yeah, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. You have to do it constantly. And then there's slugs. I told you how much I hate slugs. I hate slugs so much. I'm so, I'm, I'm actually genuinely scared of slugs, which is ridiculous as my kids 
often point out to me, mum, in a race with a slug, who do you think's going to win? And that is very logical, but the trouble is I'm scared of slugs and I am going to call him out on this for, for bad behaviour. So my dad is the most relaxed guy in the world. Very rarely told me and my sister not to do anything at all. He was like Mr. Laissez-faire. But when I was about, I'm going to say three, I can remember him saying to me, don't touch slugs, they'll slime you. Now that is a very sensible piece of advice and entirely correct, slugs will slime you. But because he'd never warned me off anything, it was the equivalent of him telling me not to play with fire. I was fucking terrified. And I am a very rule-abiding child, very rule-abiding child. So for some reason, off the back of this innocuous comment from my dad, this abject fear of slugs grew to the point that when I was, oh my goodness, I've never told this story before, when I was little, like, I'm going to say maybe five, six, I was so scared, I was terrified that at night a slug would find its way into my room and crawl into my bed with me. I don't know what sort of fucking pioneering slugs these were traversing its way up the staircase. And my parents had to explain to me how slugs couldn't really go across carpet because it would hurt them. As an adult, I now know that's a lie. So, you know, that's not very reassuring. But anyway, I was still so afraid that I had, I think my mum had managed to get me, fair play to my mum, a stuffed toy mole. It's quite niche, isn't it? A stuffed toy mole called Molly. Oh, all the imagination there. You could see the creative juices in me were flowing strong even from a young age. And Molly was, I used to have him wedged down the side of my bed with his nose, his face pointing, pointing downwards. Poor fucking sod. Um, although moles like the dark, don't they? So maybe it was all right. So that he would effectively catch any marauding slugs that made it all the way up the stairs into my first floor bedroom. And although I'm going, that's ridiculous, no slug would ever do that. I'm then remembering a story that my mum told me years later in a different house when she went into my sister's bedroom to clean the bedroom. And literally, I think if this had happened to me, I'd have to burn the bedroom. And she pulled back the curtain to clean behind the curtain. And there was some fucking massive fuck-off snail on the wall of my sister's bedroom on the first floor of the house. My mum was all relaxed. She was like, oh, it must have come through the window. Oh, good. How fucking reassuring. Fucking hell. So maybe I was right to have Molly. Anyway, terrified of slugs. And the trouble with gardens is they have slugs in them. We have decking in our garden, and that's a fucking nightmare for slugs. And poor Beth, it thankfully isn't scared of slugs. Last summer, we were out late one evening, her and I in the garden, I think we are doing some football practice, and I always wear shoes when I go out into the garden for precisely the reason that I fucking know slugs are sneaky little fuckers. And Beth's more relaxed because she hasn't got some completely irrational fear of slimy things that move really slowly. And so she ran in bare feet over the decking and then she's kind of like suddenly pulled up and looked at her foot and went, ugh. And I went, what? She went, oh, I've just stood on a slug. A slug that had like come through the decking and ah, I'd have to chop my foot off. I genuinely think, I don't know. I have often imagined in my life, because Mr. I know I need to stop talking, has stood on a few slugs in his lifetime. I'm like, what's it like? He's like, oh, it's like standing on an exploding fruit jelly. I genuinely, I genuinely think I would have to like, I, I don't, I can't imagine like, I don't know, put put my foot into naked flames or something. Oh God, the very thought. Anyway, Beth was much more sanguine. She 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 washed it off. But yeah, there's there's slugs everywhere and they're they're always in places where you least expect them to be, which fucks me off. But there's also another story that has definitely stayed with me. So my nana, my dad's mum, told a story about years ago when she was out gardening and she she was moving, you know, kind of some stuff around. She had a rocker and she was moving some stones around and she went to pick up one particularly large round stone in her bare hand. It was a slug. She picked up a curled up slug. Ah, just thinking about that makes me want to die. She got her revenge though, because this, and if you're a slug lover, please, please look away now. She 
did make me absolutely howl once when she said that she she got very very fucked off with all of the slugs that kept eating her her plants in the garden she was also a keen gardener why the fuck's this gardening gene not passed down to me i mean come on now and so she she was getting increasingly fed up so she decided one evening she was going to have it out with the slugs so she went out in kind of into the evening in that kind of twilight period where they all come out the little fucking slimy fuckers and she took with her a fork as in like a knife and fork from her cutlery drawer always been a bit uncomfortable about using cutlery ever since and she took her fork and she walked around the garden and she ceremoniously stabbed all the slugs with her fork which is either genius or psychotic dependent on which way you look at it but yeah slugs fucking ain't slugs and then of course it's hay fever season so the moment you go out into the garden it's coughing and sneezing and spluttering and all of your mucous membranes going into fucking overdrive so yeah gardening gardening is just very very overrated on hay fever front if anybody else is suffering i plug this every year i'm not sponsored i don't get paid to do this it's a product something recommended to me and i have never looked back it's a hay band you know c bands that you can get if you or your child are car sick like little elasticated bands with a little pressure point on the inside it's very like one of those it sits i'm wearing mine now it sits on your elbow and it sits so the pressure point goes into the outside the corner of the outside crease of your elbow i had it recommended to me a couple of years ago on social media it was like 12 quid on amazon so i you know if you suffer chronically with hay fever you know you will try anything i was definitely in that phase so i thought i'd give it a go and i'm very cynical about this kind of thing so I put it onto my arm and nothing happened, it didn't work. And then I'd, I'd read that you have to get exactly the right spot. So I watched a couple of YouTube videos to see if I get the right spot. Anyway, I remember I was sat there in my kitchen working from home and I was sitting in a meeting. And as I was sitting there, it is not an exaggeration to say, my nose literally stopped streaming and my eyes literally stopped walking, it, watering. It was like turning off a tap. And when I looked in the mirror, and this was a bit more than anything that convinced me it had worked, when I looked in the mirror, just above my right eye, in the corner of my eye socket, was a massive, almost like a bubble of fluid underneath the eyelid, which obviously had then built up and then dispersed after putting Honestly, it's a game changer and it's well, well worth trying. It doesn't work for everybody. Go and read the reviews. Some people it doesn't work for. I've sung the praises of it to my sister, who also suffers with hay fever. Didn't work for her at all. So it is trial and error, but that's my, that is my top tip for making hay fever make you feel slightly less near death, because fucking hell. Yeah, gardening, fucking gardens. I mean, they're very nice to look at, but fucking hell, they're hard, hard fucking work. So I'm off to cook a roast dinner, which we might eat in the garden, depending on if the hay fever and the slugs keep at bay. And then, you know, maybe make some effort to find my children's uniform. I'm not going to say that I'm going to go as far to iron it, despite the fact it's exam week, because come on now. Um, you know, as I say, my kids are, are pretty chill. Beth's, Beth's very relaxed about sats. I would argue that Jamie has maybe gone too far the other way in terms of how laissez-faire he is about exams. When, when I called him downstairs last night and I said, Jamie, how's revision going? And he went, oh yeah, I should probably do, do some of that. And I was like, I thought you said you were going to do some. Oh yeah, I forgot. He said, okay, cool. I said, what exams have you got on Monday? He went, Monday? And I said, yeah, that's when your exams start. Start on Monday? Yeah. What exams have you got? I didn't know I had exams on Monday. So I, I'm all for ensuring children are relaxed about exams. I feel like maybe Jamie's gone too too far, too far the other way. Um, but, you know, I'm sure it'll be a magical surprise for him when he turns up and has to recite facts on a topic. He has no idea what he's talking about whatsoever. But then, to be honest, that would be me if I had to go and sit a SATS paper today, which shows how utterly fucking ridiculous they are. Anyway, I hope you have good weeks. If any of you are able to come to the event next Saturday, details are on the Facebook page. It would be amazing to meet you. It may be a week or two before I'm back with another podcast, but please do look off 
to yourselves. Please stay safe. Enjoy the sunshine. Good luck with the fucking hay fever. And I will speak to you very soon. Lots of love. Bye-bye.